Welcome to the Disney at Work podcast, bringing magical ideas to improve your world from the happiest place on earth. Your host is J. Jeff Kober, author, speaker, and consultant to organizations around the globe that look to bring best of Disney ideas to their workplace. Welcome to another episode of Disney at Work. This is Jeff Kober, and we're glad you took the time to join us. We uh, have been going through what we refer to as some business magic moments as we've counted down to the opening of Galaxy's Edge, the new Star Wars land coming to Disneyland and Disney's Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World. Uh, if you take a look at our show notes, and if you've gone past a and and listen to some of our other podcasts we've been kind of working around a model called the six p's which means that the promise must be delivered by our people our place our processes our products and that all of that should be worth the price we've been going through each of those six p's we've talked about the promise in terms of whether disney's living up to the hype we've talked about the people in terms of the cast that need to deliver this experience. Last week, we talked about the place. Today, we're talking about processes. And let me just say, processes sound boring and intricate, but let me tell you, usually when the guest experience gets mucked up, it's usually because of a process that's in place. Now, when I say processes, they're like policies, procedures, rules, guidelines that often govern either the guest experience or sometimes even what uh, governs the employee experience. And so you have to make sure that these processes make it easier for your customers to do business with you. And that's what we're looking at. Now, really, there are there are so many processes that govern the Disney experience from before you arrive, when you're trying to obtain reservations online or on the phone or to the arrival experience of parking your car. We could talk the entire day just about the processes involved with parking your car. There are policies and procedures that govern things like merchandise returns, uh, rules as to where you could smoke, lost and found, uh, fast pass, uh, queuing, inclement weather, lost children, and more. There are just so many different kinds of processes. Our focus is on the opening, of course, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and we want to talk about the processes involved with just that, the opening days. Now, if you're just returning from the planet Batu and you didn't know the opening for Disneyland is, and Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland is May 31st of this year, 2019. And in this scenario, they are doing a situation where um, they are only providing people who have a reservation, which is free, but it is something you have to obtain before you come to the park. And those reservations will be required as you go through to about June 23rd. And then afterwards, they hope to start a virtual queue. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on. As for Disney's Hollywood Studios, those of you who are fans on the East Coast, that opens on August 29th, 2019. And so much of what we're going to talk about, our focus is a little bit more on Disneyland, although much of it's relevant, but so much of it's going to play in terms of the lessons and the processes that they're going to end up applying at the Disney's Hollywood, at Disney's Hollywood Studios. So in both instances, only Millennium Run, Smuggler's Challenge, and the whole Black Spire Village 
will open. The rise of the resistance attraction, which hang with us next week. We're going to talk about both of these attractions in detail when we cover product. That's going to come some period afterwards. We're not exactly sure. My guess is maybe a couple of months, but we could talk about that a little bit next time. But let's talk first of all. Many people, when the decision came out to open the parks, uh, they a lot of critics out there said, "Ah, oh, this is a, a capricious, last-minute decision." They're they're nervous about getting out there, and they just the the reservations are down, and hotel occupancy is down. They're just trying to fill rooms as quickly as they can, so they didn't wait on uh, rise of the resistance and so forth. I have to say, I was surprised how early both sets of dates were. Um, in fact, what's interesting is is uh, I had pretty much concluded other later dates as being the dates for opening the park as I had kind of reasoned through my thinking. And it happened that only a couple of days prior to the announcement, I was chatting to a manager who was responsible for perishable product in, in the parks. And I told that individual, I thought, you know, I think this, this thing's going to open around the third week of June, kind of, kind of saying if he knew. And the individual sighed and said, uh, I don't know, they haven't told me the opening date. Um, but if that's the date, um, that's a little frustrating because they've asked us to get perishables into Disneyland by mid-May and they're going to go bad by by third week in June. So um, so he was a little concerned that maybe, you know, the park was opening much later. And at any rate, um, what was interesting is that a few days later, the announcement came out for May 31st. So the date the team had been told sometime before to have perishables ready was actually a really well-planned date. And my thinking is, is that this was not a capricious in the moment idea that really um, you, they've been thinking out the timeline for this process. And that's so important because let me tell you, the first message of the six ideas we're going to talk about relative to processes and the opening of this, these um, park attractions is that you have to think out the timeline of your processes. It's important that you see from the end, the end from the beginning. And you have to think it through with some, some variance and what happens if this happens and so forth. But you got to think it out. That's step number one. Nothing worse than a process that is not thought out. The second thing is that you need to spread out demand when it's hyped and, and um, uh, for a particular uh, product or experience. In this case, I'm, th since four years ago, when they first announced that these attractions, this new land was coming, everyone was saying, oh my goodness, this is going to be the longest line. Their crowds are going to be so crazy. It's not only going to be Disney fans, it's going to be Star Wars fans. And there's, and you've seen cartoons where they show the board, uh, the border to Florida, the welcome sign to Florida, and, and then somebody's holding a sign saying, saying, uh, "Rise of the Resistance, Star Wars Land starts here, uh, the line starts here." Um, in truth, when you look at their decision of how they've been, how they're going to approach this, they have done three really smart things to separate and to level, spread out the demand. First. They're opening both parks at different dates. That's been known for some time, that one would open in the summer, one would open in the fall, but, but that helps. 
especially in terms of being able to get things open in time. The second is that they've made this decision to open the Rise of the Resistance later, which, again, we'll talk a little bit more next week. But let me tell you, that's a complex attraction. Easily the most complex attraction Disney has ever done. And there's good reasons why it's taking longer. But rather than hold the whole thing back, how smart it is to open the attraction. There's going to be some who say, oh, it doesn't matter when the opening date is. It doesn't matter what's open. I'm going to be there. But then there are others who say, yeah, I really want to go, but I want to wait till it's all open. This really helps spread out um, that demand. Third is using a reservation system um, at Disneyland up front where they've said, okay, the first month, you're not going to be able to just walk in. You're going to have to have a reservation um, while they work on a virtual queuing system, which which premieres in late June. This really does help spread things out, especially when there's so much demand to come see this. I think that is so smart. The third thing I want to say about processes is that when it comes to asking people to wait, and queuing and waiting is a big part of processes, you want to make the wait fair. I love this reservation system they're doing at Disneyland because it's intended to be just that, fair. It, I don't know exactly how that reservation system is going to be meted out. They said it's going to be a free one. Don't know if it means that, um, that it's first come, first serve online to get it. Doesn't, I'm not sure if maybe there's a possibility that maybe it's more of a random lottery when you enter for it. Disney's done both kinds of of efforts but um but i think that's really fair for those who really want to go the first month to have a queue now those who really 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 want to go and make sure it's guaranteed they can stay at the disneyland hotels there are three disneyland hotels and that guarantees them a reservation now some might say well that's not fair that those are at the hotel but at the same time people at the hotel are paying a premium to stay in the magic so to deny them or to not fully guarantee that they'd be able to at least visit once while they were there, that would be really unfair as well. So so still, I think they've done their very best to make things as fair as possible. To make it, that, to make it fair, they're also limiting time in the land to a reasonable time frame. Disneyland Vice President Chris Tyler said, um, we, quote, we will be giving guests a window of time but we're still working through what that looks like and the duration for that. We'll be working hard to ensure the guests have enough time in the land to see all the great things and experience the attraction. We know guests might want to stay in there all day, but we've got a whole big group that wants to get in there. We're just trying to balance all those things and really deliver the right solution for our guests. So I got to say, I really end a quote. My, I got to say, I appreciate that. I admire that. I don't like to, in Pandora, the world of Avatar, when it opened to Disney's Animal Kingdom in the first, I want to say, 10 days, they did a two-hour block kind of thing. I was part of that experience. I thought two hours not going to be enough, but honestly, it was reasonable, and we got to do both attractions and taste the food, and it worked out really well with the crowds that are in there. So I think they're trying to do everything they can to be fair, and processes need to be fair. Four, when people are waiting, occupy their attention. Give them something else to do. There is nothing worse than standing around doing nothing. 
So they've done some things to help occupy that wait time. First of all, going back to that virtual ticketing system, uh, when that's being uh, uh, brought forward at the end of June, it's going to allow people to get a virtual, really a virtual fast pass to enter into the land. And then they'll just be able to go stand in lines. I don't think that fast passes on the attractions will be used for some time to come. And then they can go, while they're waiting for their time to go into Galaxy's Edge, they can go get fast passes to other attractions and enjoy their day until it is their time. I think that is a great way to uh, allow people to, because there's nothing worse. I can't imagine having to stand there for hours and wait and wait just to get into the land. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Um, now, I'm not saying the fast pass is always a fix-all. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of fast passes. And I remember the days before that was introduced. One of the things I like about the fact that currently they're not planning using fast pass in the first months of Disneyland and the first months of Walt Disney World, uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios, is that people in line will move quickly when there's not a fast pass queue um, in line. Um, it's really not moving anywhere that bothers people. It's not so much the length of line, which people, honestly, they don't know often the length of line because Disney moves them from room to room or switches, does the switchback and so forth, which Disney really kind of invented switchback because the original Jungle Cruise line kind of stretched as one long snake down Main Street out of Adventureland. Disney's gotten really good at, um, at, at, at creating a queue experience that occupies your attention and so forth. But nothing improves a queuing experience than moving in that, that where you keep on moving. I'd rather be in a long line for an hour and a half where I'm constantly moving and that's themed rather than sitting at Dumbo at a particular attraction and waiting 40 minutes and not really barely moving at all, which is, which is one of the challenges with many of the Dumbo attractions. They are very slow moving attractions. So I think it's really good that with processes you want to occupy the wait time. Uh, let's see, that was four. Number five, be prepared to provide for exceptions. Policy is great, but there's always going to be that exception. One of the big ones out there is, what are you going to do with guests with disability? That was actually asked of Bob Iger at the uh, shareholders event. And uh, he said, that's going to occur. They're going to make uh, accommodations for guests with disabilities. I already know they have specific rooms or simulators uh, available for guests with wheelchair uh, mobility issues. So that's fantastic. Um, providing for guests waiting in line, I'm starved, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. They've already said we're going to provide those queues with uh, people who can provide drinks and snacks while you're waiting. Bigger problem, and this was really seen with Avatar, there's such a great queue inside, but once you queue inside the building, uh, it's really hard when you got to have a, when you have a restroom need. So they've had to think about that. They're going to provide a restroom pass for guests who have been standing in line for a while and need to leave for a few minutes to go. Um, and then the probably the biggest exception you got to figure out is what happens when rides are going down and your guests have waited over an hour or whatever it might be. How do you accommodate them at a later time, especially when you're only giving them windows to come through? That's going to be that's going to be where the rubber meets the road. 
in terms of processes for Disney. So it's going to be interesting to see how that uh, shakes out. Number six, learn from others. Continuous improvement is so critical to getting this. That's why I love the fact that Disney's Hollywood Studios opens up several months after Disneyland. They're going to learn a whole lot of lessons from Disneyland that will help make their opening. That's why they're a little more uh, tentative in what they've announced for that park and how they're going to queue guests exactly. Um, but uh, the good news is um, that um, they will have had the benefit of learning from Disneyland. As I mentioned previously with that Pandora and it's um, th that two hour window to actually practice to be in that area before another group came in. Hey, Disneyland learned that from Pandora, the world of Avatar. Uh, conversely, last summer, Toy Story Land had a big wait just getting into the land. Uh, and that big wait gets on the uh, gets uh, was wasn't even including the attractions, which were separate queues that you had to go in. Clearly, that experience when day one, that Toy Story Land, the queue, just to get into Toy Story Land, stretch all the way to the other part, side of the park at Star, Star Tours, was a sign that just queuing people up to get in land is not an answer. And I appreciate the fact that they have gotten that message and they're doing something different with virtual queuing and reservations and so forth. So, great uh, great souvenirs for your organization. You don't run theme parks. You don't run rides. But let me just say, you need to, one, think through your processes ahead of time. Don't just uh, kick and punt along the way. Think it through. Two, spread out demand for the products and services you have so that no, there's never a clump and you could provide uh, for those who are really wanting. Third, make the waiting, queuing, uh, down, you know, that time where people are waiting on you. Make it fair for people. Four, occupy their wait. Keep their attention. Give them something else to do. The simple thing with Delta, they give you the option of calling back a few minutes later or, or actually having the, the reservationist call you back. Um, things of that nature allows you to go do something else. So occupy the wait. Be prepared. Number five, be prepared to provide for exceptions. And six, um, learn from others. Create continuous improvement. Now, I said six plus, and the six plus is learn from your mistakes. Nothing is going to be perfect on day one. And so Disney's opportunity is to learn from their mistakes. I have a great example of that with the Mark Twain steamboat on opening day, 1955, July 17th. If you want, I'm going to put the link on the show notes page along with these souvenirs for you to consider. Uh, take a look at that. Um, please um, share. If you like this podcast, share it with others and um, and uh, give us a good rating if you can. And um, if you are wanting to know more about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, then please check in at Disney at Work where when you uh, register with our site, we have a fantastic, complete guide. I'm telling you, no guide is perfect, but I am really pleased that this is the most complete and most um, perfect guide that I have seen um, come out. And it will give you all the details. It differentiates between the two parks, Disneyland and Disney's Hollywood Studios. You have to check this out. Um, if nothing else, it'll give you something to read while you're waiting in line. Hey, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you being with us here at Disney and Work. And uh, go make it a great day. Thanks. Thanks.